Hello and welcome. Thank you for listening to Your Neighbor a Priest, a podcast featuring commentary and theological reflection on local news and events in Southwest Washington and the larger themes that impact all of us as we wrestle with the challenges of life, and in particular American life, in the 21st century. I'm Father Nick Mather, Rector of St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in Longview, Washington. I am your neighbor, and I am a priest. Welcome back to Your Neighbor, a Priest. A lot has happened in the past two months since taking a hiatus for the holidays. In between an attempted coup insurrection of our nation's government and the long gray days of winter, I am feeling our topic of conversation today. And I would wager you are too. Today I want to talk about pandemic burnout. And I want to encourage us all to see how the upcoming season of Lent can recenter us as we all continue to isolate, quarantine, mask, distance, and all of everything else. As we not so patiently wait for that vaccine to spread out to any and all. Not sure what Lent is? Stay tuned, and we'll talk about it. Articles about staving off pandemic burnout first started coming out in July and August of last year, which seems almost quaint now in retrospect. Little did we expect, although if we'd been heeding the experts, perhaps we would have known and could have better prepared, that at that moment that we had yet to see the worst of the pandemic that would ravage our country all January long and into February, with deaths in the high 3000s and more every single day. There was still a sense of optimism that as numbers began to trend downwards, particularly locally in August and into September, that our neighbors were putting in the effort to follow the guidelines and work together while not being together in order to keep the worst of the pandemic at bay. Unfortunately, that optimism was short-lived as cold weather enticed people inside with a false sense of security and a wariness of the many months up to that point that skirting the rules wouldn't make that much of a dent. We know now that this truly was a false sense of security, and we've been struggling to right the ship ever since. Then, as vaccines became available, light shone once more, only to be overshadowed by poor rollouts and the emergence of even more virulent variants that are threatening to rampage across our country if we don't do some serious buckling down. It is clear that we've lost our way in many parts, simply based on the reality that doctors and experts were begging us not to have Super Bowl parties because of the almost assured amount of spread leading to great illness and deaths just so we could get together to watch a football game at someone else's house. So what next? Do we simply give up and accept our fate and just hope that our neighbors, our friends, our family somehow don't get sick? 
that our beloveds will hopefully be in the not-so-severe category as opposed to the alternative? Or do we recommit ourselves to the practice of loving our neighbor through living life in a way that is so foreign and strange that it is literally causing mental stress, despair, and fatigue? The threat of pandemic burnout, or rather, the reality of pandemic burnout, is pressing down upon us at this time. I certainly am feeling it. It's not strange to wake up in the morning and not want to engage in work that you love and find fulfillment in. It is not strange to face a day and want to say, forget this, I'll try again tomorrow. It is strange to be stuck in this emotional state day in and day out where days, weeks, months fail to mark the passage of time. A feeling of being stuck, incapable of forward movement, incapable of progress. This season of pandemic has been uniquely situated in this point in time in our history where our world could largely continue uninterrupted even as our lives were completely and utterly upended. Because of our connection through technology, production continues to be demanded and expected. Because of the avenues of access to the outside world through technology, whether for work or for pleasure, we can be expected to sit at home every day. But it's not a fulfilling experience. It isn't a grounding experience. We feel empty in this time. We feel adrift in this time. And that experience of encountering emptiness, of being adrift, weighs on us until we reach a point of burnout, a point of being so completely done with this time and situation that we find ourselves in, that we become apathetic that we lose our sense of place in this world, that we lose our footing in moving forward. Pandemic burnout is a very real experience. It has hit some much harder than others, but it is there just under the surface for most of us. Even if you find yourself in the midst of it now, we have the ability to gain our footing again, to return to groundedness, to experience that which fills us. And this upcoming season provides a wonderful opportunity for that. Now, before I begin, I want to make a note that I'm going to be talking about the Christian church season of Lent, because that is the season that our church finds itself entering into this week. However, if you do not currently attend church, or even aren't all that interested in church, I encourage you to stick with me, as we can signify any period of time as a season in our life, with Lent being the church's liturgical way of marking the 40 days prior to Easter. Lent comes from the Old English word, meaning springtime. 
and references in its roots the lengthening of the days that we experience as we move into spring and eventually summer. I think that sense of lengthening days is an important one to hold on to in this year in particular. As the days lengthen, the sun, the light of the world, stretches further into our days, driving back the darkness, reestablishing itself as the dominant force. This is especially felt in the Pacific Northwest and even further to our north, as our days really do lengthen out quite a bit with the last trails of sun not leaving us until close to 10 p.m. or even later on the summer solstice. Lent then marks a season of lengthening and the hope that grows within us as the days stretch out and we move closer to the full glory of the sun. Of course, we ex in the church we experience that full glory of God's Son with our celebration of Easter Sunday a celebration of Jesus' resurrection and victory over death for all, coming on the heels of our darkest day, Good Friday, when the sky literally turned to night, even though it was midday. And in order to get to that celebration, we enter into the season of Lent with a season of preparation and expectation, not unlike the season of Advent, but also different, with a different intentionality and purpose. You're likely aware of the practice of Lent that many partake in of giving something up. And this has morphed in contemporary times into diet fads and a somewhat misdirected practice of self-denial around trivial things like chocolate or alcohol, pop, candy, or swearing. While it can be good and beneficial to abstain from those things for a period of time, that isn't truly the intention of the Lenten fast. The Lenten fast is about a type of self-denial that isn't punitive, but rather transformative. The Lenten fast is about turning away from our selfish desires and turning to God and reestablishing our deepening of relationship with God through the practice of denying ourselves in favor of God. Because of the convoluted nature that the Lenten fast has come to stand for, it's been popular in recent years for the church to suggest that instead of giving up, you take on something new that points your energy to God. It has been suggested that this could look like committing to a prayer practice or scripture reading practice or going to church more regularly, or engaging in outreach ministry. This also is a good practice in theory, but again, the focus needs to be on how what we are taking on denies our own self-interests and turns us towards better understanding our relationship with God, particularly as seen as our relationship with our neighbors. It's not simply enough to just give up or take on. We have to live into Lent with an intention that is constantly pointing us back to God. And this is why Lent arriving this week is so timely this year. And it's in fact arriving about 10 days earlier than last year even. As we face the stress and struggle of pandemic burnout, Lent affords us an opportunity to step back and step out 
of our current place. And turn once again to God through reflecting inwardly and acting outwardly to connect with God and develop and deepen our relationship with God. Even if you are not a religious person per se, even if you're not so sure you believe in God, the Lenten fasting practice can provide for you a model and framework for how to address your own experience of pandemic burnout. Whether it is burnout from telecommuting the past year, of stress from masking up every day to go to work, of the insane ask of working and parenting with children in online and hybrid schooling, or just the simple monotony of being seemingly stuck with no forward progress because of, well, all of this. The next 40 days, roughly six weeks, provides you a designated time and space to intentionally engage in the practice of self-reflection and connection-seeking in order to build relationships with your beloveds and your neighbors. One way that we can all engage in the Lenten fast practice, whether we're religious or simply just spiritual, is to engage in the practice of lament. Today on the podcast, we're going to try something new together. I'm going to ask you to walk with me and engage in an interactive practice together through this podcast episode. Lamentation, a prayer for help coming out of pain, is very common in the Bible. When we hurt physically, we cry out in pain. When we hurt religiously, we cry out in lament. A psalm of lament is an address to God, a complaint, a request, and usually also an expression of trust. Types of complaints include concerns with our own thoughts and actions, concerns with the actions of an enemy or prevailing attitude in the community, and concerns we have with God's action or inaction. Laments are cries of despair, anger, protest, and doubt. They're the largest class of Psalms in the book of Psalms. And they are a normal part of Israel's praise and worship. There are both communal psalms of lament, rising up from the voices of the society and culture, and individual, personal, private ones. Psalms of lament follow this general structure. They begin with an address and an introductory cry. It identifies the Lord as the person to whom the psalm is addressed. Next follows the complaint or lament. It articulates the problem and asks the Lord for help. 
Then follows a confession of trust, where you verbalize your trust in the Lord. Then you pray for deliverance. When you request deliverance, God's intervention in the problem. And often you close with praise, offering praise and thanksgiving to God for God's many blessings. So here's an example of a psalm of lament broken down by parts. And this is Psalm 4, and the translation is from the message paraphrase. Psalm 4 begins with the address and introductory cry in verse 1. When I call, give me answers. God, take my side. Once in a tight place, you gave me room. Now I'm in trouble again. Grace me. Hear me. Next comes the complaint or lament in verse 2. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Then comes the confession of trust in verse 3. Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Then a prayer for deliverance in verses 4 and 5. Complain if you must, but don't lash out. Keep your mouth shut and let your heart do the talking. In this psalm, there's a moment of building your case before God and waiting for God's verdict in verses 6 and 7. Why is everyone hungry for more? More, more, they say. More, more. I have God's more than enough. The psalm concludes in praise with verse 8. At day's end, I'm ready for sound sleep. For you, God, have put my life back together. I want to encourage you today, perhaps right now in this moment, to take some time and just reflect on how the last week, the last month, the last whole pandemic, or really any time frame of your choice, has been for you. Make note of the predominant emotions that you have been feeling during this period of time. In particular, the more negative ones. You can reflect on a particular situation or recurring theme that you know has been causing you distress, pain, or anxiety, and that you feel is beyond your control. Imagine that God is with you, that he has given you complete freedom to lay it all out, to complain fearlessly without judgment in order to get it all off your chest. Now, before we continue with how to write your lament, I encourage you to pause here, maybe even rewind to this last paragraph in order to take your time and sit and reflect.
once you've had time to reflect, I encourage you to take a piece of paper and pen and invite God's presence and follow the steps outlined below. Address an introductory cry. Identify the Lord as the person to whom you are addressing your complaint. Request for God's presence as you express what is on your heart. The lament. Articulate the problem you are wrestling with. Detail how it is affecting you, the pain it is causing, and ask the Lord for his help. The confession of trust. Verbalize your trust in God. Share your hopes that God will come to your aid, that God will be present with you in your situation. A prayer for deliverance. Request deliverance. Request God's intervention in the problem. And close with praise. Offer praise and thanksgiving to God for God's many blessings and faithfulness. I encourage you to try this practice for yourself. It can be helpful to craft your lament and offer it in prayer or conversation with a beloved friend or family member, or just simply offer it up to God. You can also choose to join us next month at St. Stephen's for a special offering of Lenten worship where we will offer communal lament. However you choose to engage with it, I hope that you take the opportunity for pausing, for inward reflection, for outward expression of that reflection, and the chance to connect to the Lenten season, the lengthening season, as a means of finding grounding and pulling yourself forward from a place of burnout. Thank you for joining me today for Your Neighbor, a Priest. I'm very much looking forward to our next two episodes in this second season, where we'll focus on two central questions of both faith and life. What is evil? And what is sin? Each of these episodes will be coming to you on the first Monday of the month in both March and April. Until then, as always, stay home, stay healthy, mask up, be well, and God's unending, all-encompassing peace and love be with you all. <laughs>